welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Matthew Dunstan, co-founder of Postmark Games. In addition to both he and his partner, Rory Muldoon, having their hands in the design of many titles across the industry, Postmark Games' first title, Voyages, is currently on Kickstarter. Matthew, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing, sir? My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me, James. It is great having you. Uh, I was just saying uh, off air uh, when we were just chatting briefly that uh, when I saw this campaign, uh, it, it pulled me in right away just because of the concept of this roll and write, digital only, how you guys were pitching this. Uh, so we're going to get into this in a second because there's a lot of interesting things about this I, I really want to dive into. But before we get there, uh, let's let's start off with kind of you and your background. I mean, you've been doing other games. This is just the, kind of the first one under Postmark Games. But, you know, what else have you worked on? Yeah, so I've, I guess I've been designing games for about 10 or so years now. My my first uh, release game was uh, Relic Runners from Days of Wonder back in 2013, I think now. I've had about 30, I think, uh, so far released. And yeah, I was never a publisher. I was always just a you know a designer going around and, and pitching my my wares to to other publishers for them to to do the work the hard work for me, uh, <laughs> and and that went quite well. And, and yeah, I've been fortunate. Uh, I mean, I live in uh, the Czech Republic at the moment. I, I've lived in the UK for a lot of the last ten years, so I was quite close to Essen. I could go there every year and and, and pitch to a lot of publishers and and Cannes, which is the French game uh, festival uh, fair as well. Um, so yeah, I just was in a in a good position to to meet with publishers and a lot of other designers in the UK. There's a really great uh, design network called Playtest UK. Mm-hmm. I met a lot, I, I collaborate on a lot of designs. Um, I made a lot of games with Brett J Gilbert, for example, and we met in Cambridge together and started a playtesting group, which is still going strong. Uh, you know, sort of ten years later, even though I'm not there anymore because I'm not <laughs> in the same country, but it's it's still happening. So what uh, were you yeah. doing before though? Like, how did you get into the board game industry in the first place? Well. Uh, so I, so I'm Australian and I, I, I lived in Australia and there was some point I, I got back into the hobby as, as playing games. Uh, yeah. and then I think I just wanted to try my hand at designing a game. I can't really remember what really spurred that on. Uh, I played a few things. I, I even met a few people in Australia before I left. I met actually Phil Walker Harding a very long time ago, just for the first time, just mm-hmm. very briefly. And then I left Australia. I went to Cambridge to do my PhD and I was stalking Brett, basically. Brett had this blog, a very good blog about game design. He'd just signed his first game at the time. And it really great. Actually, I don't think it's even been replicated since. You can't really find it. Uh, I think he's scrubbed all instance from the internet, but uh, I figured out he was also in Cambridge and we just started meeting up. And that was really how I, I mean, getting into the industry wasn't, it wasn't this sort of thing, even I didn't really think of it as an industry. I just, you know, we were just making games together. It was, it was about meeting people, really. Uh, and the hobby and other things designs. like that. Yeah, yeah. What was your PhD in? What were you, what were you taking? Uh, materials chemistry. So, and up till now, I'm still working as a, as a material scientist still for the University of Cambridge. Uh, oh, wow. Although from next year, I'll be a, a full-time in game design. So, so this is something, even though you've been doing it for 10 years, it's kind of been the hobby on the side. Uh, you know, working a career. and uh, But you do see yourself moving full-time into game design then, do you? Yeah, that for next year I will be, and and it's been a slow transition from uh, you know hobby, you know, ten percent of my time to certainly being at least equivalent to the amount of time I spend on my my research career. And uh, I have a very understanding boss. <laughs> I think it's what's allowed it to happen, basically. So why the decision to start uh, 
postmark games. Why not just continue on game design like you've been doing for the past 10 years? Yeah, I mean, well, first I should say I am. I, this is, you know, postmark is one one thing of, of many things I'm, I'm doing. But uh, it just came out of conversations with Rory, actually. We both, I think we were interested in exploring non-traditional ways of bringing our game designs to the public, maybe trying to connect with them directly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, neither of us had no interest in being a traditional publisher, basically. Like, I have no interest in manufacturing or production or any of that sort of stuff. And so I think we both agreed on that. So it was like, well, if we don't like that, then what are we going to do? And I think Postmark sort of came from that was, well, like, okay, we can offer digital print and play games. And that means you don't have to do any of the sort of normal publisher stuff that we thought we didn't want to do. Uh, of course, uh, I mean, I, get, I suppose we'll get to it, but <laughs> the Kickstarter has done a lot better than we thought it would. So we're <laughs> going to have to start doing a few more normal publisher kind of things. Uh, but the main things we can still avoid, which, you know, uh, manufacturing and, and shipping and distribution and all these sort of things. And can you just uh, talk kind of dream. briefly about Rory, like his backgrounds? What was Rory doing uh, coming into this? Yeah, so Rory, Rory by trade is a professional graphic designer and actually all the look you can see of Postmark, the, yeah. the logo and, and of the game itself, the Voyages, everything on the Kickstarter page, that's all Rory. Uh, he's a fantastic graphic designer. He's also done graphic design for some games uh, already. He had his very first uh, game that he designed that is published, he also did the graphic design called Scorer. Uh, that's with Inside the Box games. Uh, and he's also worked on Tinderblocks as the graphic designer and illustrator. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of his into the industry, both from the, the graphic design illustrator and as a game designer. And actually we maybe first got to speaking when he designed, so he was the original designer of Voyages and he did it for an online game jam during the pandemic actually. So organized by a friend of ours called Michael Fox. Uh, Idol Michael, he does a lot of streaming uh, based in Northern Ireland. And yeah, it was like a weekend game jam. He made Voyages. I was watching the jam and I was like, wow, that's, the game's really good. And I didn't really think much of it at the time, but that that sort of started, I think, um, some conversations. I probably pestered him a bit about like, what are you going to do with Voyages? You know, I think it's a really good game, uh, you know, trying to, because uh, I mean, you know, Rory's a, he's a, what's the word? A humble kind of guy. He, yeah. he did, you know, he wasn't playing his own horn too much, but I was like, no, no, this game is, I think is really, really good. Uh, so yeah, we went from there. Basically. So then you guys basically partnered up at that point, and um, so you hadn't actually you have you still haven't met him in person yet, though, have you? No, no, yeah. And he would. It's one of those things through the pandemic. I was streaming as well. I would stream about game design, and he would drop into the chat, and we'd be sort of chatting virtually. And then I think at some point we just said, "Let why don't we Skype?" I think we have some really interesting things to chat about. I knew about voyages, and you know, it wasn't. I don't think postmark at any point. Uh, there wasn't, I can't remember a point where we go, okay, we're doing it. I mean, there yeah. was obviously a point where we had to commit to doing the Kickstarter, but there wasn't this sort of like watershed moment where we're like, okay, we're forming a company. It was just, it was a gradual uh, recognition of that we agreed on a lot of things. Uh, I came on to sort of help developing, develop Voyages. Uh, so from, from that initial design, and I think Rory appreciated that, you know, my kind of game design experience in, in that way. And, and then I guess going forward with some of the Kickstarter things, you know, we have different strengths and different things we can add uh, so that kind of made sense to work together but yeah i think it's uh, i always think i'm up for an experiment i've done other things during the pandemic i, I messaged a a, a a an app developer of games that i really love and i just said look i love your games you, you have an idea on your twitter that i think could be interesting why don't we work on it or i have something that i think is similar and we just started working so we'll have i'll have my first digital game coming out i hope next year I, you know, oh that's but, cool but you just sort of, I mean, it's quite fortunate to be able to do that. But um, yeah, you just, it's just, again, about meeting people and, and seeing how it works out. Wow. 
And then, so what, was there any changes that you fundamentally brought in to Voyages uh, to Rory's original title? Or like, how did, how did that, the meeting of this kind of change things? Yeah, I think uh, the core mechanism of two dice, where one die it determines your direction of that your boat's going to go, and the other die determines how far it goes. That was from the from the start, and that was always there. I think I this is where I try to remember. I think there were always three dice, but the third die didn't matter. It was more that you were choosing two from three. Mm. What I always wanted, I wanted that third die to be used used for something. I think that was some core thing. And so I had this idea to introduce the duties and 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 this other way to use this third die effectively. And then I think there were a lot of other kind of just smaller development kind of things like balance and, and trying to really make sure that you fleshed out the fact that you could do different things in the game, that a game didn't didn't revolve around only doing one thing every time. So I think what a lot of backers have connected with is is a little bit of an it's a bit of an open sandbox kind of pirate game. It's not exactly, yeah. I mean it's still a roll and write, but you could do a bit of a you know, you can go and trade goods, you can fight you know the monster you can visit islands you, you know it's 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 a bit of an open world and i think we just i wanted to make sure that all of those things were viable and and equally kind of rewarding and so that's a lot of the work i did so i'm, gonna, I'm just going to show for people watching uh live or on the replay uh the actual voyages page here you've hit uh, i'm gonna put this in canadian dollars because it's the only way i can see it and it's always a larger number uh fifty-seven thousand uh dollars uh so far that you guys have raised on a 167 dollar goal so that's $167 goal, uh, $57,000. Uh, that's amazing. 8,351 backers. That is just a colossal number to have on a campaign. Um, your pledge value is four pounds, uh, about seven Canadian dollars. So it's not that even that expensive. So let's, let's start at a very macro level on kind of the concept of this. So it's a roll and write, um, but it's digital only, right? So people are pledging to get a digital copy of this that they can either print themselves or they can print it and laminate it so they can write on it. Or you've got some clever ideas in here and how they can even do the roll and write in a digital manner. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think we, for us, the main thing was just digital distribution. And so we'll get you the file. You can do whatever you like with it. I mean, short of selling it to other people. But, uh, <laughs> You know, and so if you want to print it uh, at home and, and do that, or and then some people want to laminate it, I actually kind of cheat. I put a, them in these kind of um, plastic sleeves sort of thing. So mm. you, and you get a sort of a dry erase and, and write on top of it. That's the kind of cheap, cheap form of lamination. Uh, and But also you don't have to print it out at all. Uh, I think we developed it during the pandemic. So we also had a mind for sort of virtual virtual playing. So you can, uh, you can just have a digital file open. You can have a, like an iPad on iPads, most tablets have a kind of like a drawing app or something that you can draw on top of something. There's also a website called Sketch, uh, sketch.io, which basically lets you import an image and then you can again write on top of it and it's, it works in the browser. So there's lots of different ways that you can make the most of that file and play it. I, I think the thing was that we just wanted to offer it in such a way that would be useful to as many yeah. people. On, on our end, it's not that much more difficult to uh, so we have like a low ink version as well. So that has, uh, you know, it doesn't have color basically. It's all black and white and sort of high, high contrast. So useful for people who don't want to print color, but also useful for people with low vision or, or color blindness or other kind of things. So again, like, because you're not manufacturing any of these things, you're able to offer more versions or more flexibility around that because it's not really extra, that much extra cost. It's a bit of a time yeah. to sort of maybe make a new file, but that's also been a, a maybe something we didn't quite uh, fully um, expect or comprehend when we did it, but 
I guess we had the right thing in in our in the core, which was like we're going to make this easier on ourselves, and that's had a lot of unexpected benefits, I guess, and what we can offer to backers. We also have a model where we're selling, so you know, you you pay your seven Canadian dollars, and we currently have two maps developed. But the idea is that we'll send. We're going to keep developing new content for the game, not just new maps, but also maybe new modes of play and things like that. Oh, that's cool. And we'll just send it to you for free because we can. You know, there's no. You, know, you got the and, email list, so why not? Yeah. Yeah, and I think the. Uh, you know, I think we we love the community that's already kind of grown up on it. We have a, a Discord already, and there's about 500 people there, and they're throwing out ideas, and they all want different, you know, different maps, and it's just really positive. And and so, if we can support that, and again, it's our time; it's not much more than that. And um, that you can kind of have this. We're just thinking about how can you even give more value, but yeah. without necessarily having this campaign with lots of stretch goals and that's complicated and stressful. We say, okay, we'll just offer you this upfront. But if you trust us, we'll keep releasing content, and you don't really have to trust us because we're not going to ask for more money. So even if we, even if you think we're lying, you know, uh, you're still going to get the two maps, and and you'll still get what you got for your seven dollars, which is still, I think, a pretty good deal. So. That's crazy. I mean, it's something so simple, right? And so like Sketch.io is not yours, right? It's just software no. that's out there. You know, the app on your on your iPad, the Notes app. But connecting the dots for people, because I personally. Wouldn't even have thought of those two things with uh, you like a, a digital roll and write to just throw them into an app that I already have access to, so I can draw on top of it. I mean, it it's such an elegant solution uh, for probably a problem a lot of people have. Some people don't like myself don't like the ink coming off on your hands and stuff like that as you're doing like you know the dry erase markers and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite clever, right? But it shows the value that you're adding to your to your fan base to say, look, guys, here's some tools you probably haven't thought of, but we're going to just show you how we might do it on our end, which I think is kind of part of the value that you're adding, which is really awesome. Um, talk to us about this game itself. So it's a pirate-based game. Um, how, how does it work? So you got three dice. Like, Take us through kind of the mechanics of how these, uh, these dice allow you to move and so forth. Yeah, I should say it's not strictly pirate-themed. We've kind of left it a bit open. You can imprint what you think on it. And we were talking a little bit about how much you love pirate games. I love so pirates, I so you, I automatically you, went you, there. You brought that to the game, of course. <laughs> but we've tried to keep it... And I think Rory has a really nice kind of iconographic kind of style. You know, it, it, you can imprint what you want. But anyway, you, you're, the, you're the captain of a vessel that's roaming the seas, essentially. Yeah. Every round, you're going to roll three dice. Uh, one die, you're going to choose for direction. There's this little wind rose, so it's a hex grid map. And like, for example, the one is is due north, uh, two is sort of northeast, and so on and so forth. And on that, so and just really quickly, you have yeah. this, um, what's called like, I guess, like a wind rose or something like that. So you've got yeah, this yeah. thing on the side that basically shows yeah. which direction. You don't have to remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah can, which is which is cool too. So I never got up on the screen here so people can see it. So sorry, keep going. No, no, that's fine. And yeah. you, you get the hang of it as well, but it's always there. Uh, the other die is, is the direction, so how many hexes you're actually going to move. And you basically keep moving. Uh, if you hit an island, then you just automatically stop. You land on that island. Usually that will give you some gold. Gold is points. You're trying to get most points. Uh, and the third die that you didn't use for the other two is going to be used for the duties of, of your crew, effectively. And that's a little kind of... Um, People have said like a crossword puzzle kind of thing where you're crossing off a number and as you complete a row or a column, much like some other roll and writes, you'll get a small bonus. 
Uh, one other key thing is you have sailors. You start with six sailors, and you can cross off a sailor to modify a die plus or minus one. So, of course, you're a bit at the whim of the the die rolls. But if you really want something, then you can you can alter that. And that's effectively the game. You keep playing. There are different ways in which you can acquire these legendary stars, which are for doing particularly momentous things like killing the dread, which is this big kind of unfathomable creature, or or selling a lot of goods, for example. Um, and once one player has collected three stars, that triggers the end of the game. Everyone gets one more round, and then it's over. There's also a solo mode where you have a fixed number around 16, and you have to, you must get three stars in that 16 rounds, otherwise you lose. If you manage to do that, then then you've won, but you also have a score, and you can try and improve your score over time. And there's lots of different things you do in the game. As I said, sail to islands, pick up goods, and then sell them. Uh, you can you know fight this monster. Uh, there's sailors you can pick up from the sea and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's a, a pretty simple system. Um, you can play with any number of people. You can play it online, virtually, in play, you know, in person, whatever you like. I'll um, say yeah, simple, but I'm also going to say robust uh, because it, it seems like there's a lot of playability uh, with this map and the way you've kind of set the duty separate from like the cargo and the sailors and so forth. And you know, you have your um, what do they call them? Status stars, or what was the name of it? The um, yeah, legendary stars. Legendary stars to, yeah. to hit your objectives. When you roll your, just so I'm clear, so when you roll those three dice, and so two of them, you're going to choose two uh, to to be your movement and uh, your and your your direction. Do you? Is it based on the order of rolling, or can you choose and say, well, it's going to be more advantageous for this one to be the wind and this one to be the the number of spaces, or vice versa? Or how does that work? It's your choice completely. So there's okay. just a central roll, three dice. You choose which one is going to be which, and all players are choosing from the same three results, and they could choose differently or all the same. It's, it's completely free. Oh, okay. So that, that's interesting. Okay, so with multiple players, then you have um, just one person's rolling the dice, and everybody Correct. plays based off yeah. of the. So community. everyone has the same same kind of luck, if that makes sense. Because, uh, for example, if you roll lots of doubles, that's a little bit harder because you sort of have fewer die values to choose from yeah. at any given turn. But it means that everybody has that same luck, and and you might think that like, oh, maybe people are going to be doing the same thing all the time, but actually very quickly the moment you know you make one move differently you know actually a really nice thing about voyages at the end is because you're when you write you actually draw the line of your ship moving on the on the seas yeah you have the record of your voyage it's it's literally drawn out in front of you and that's a really nice thing to have at the end and you can and cross over your path so you can go back yeah. over areas you travel yeah yeah point. you can only get each benefit once but you can cross over each you know yourself and all that sort of thing and this mechanic of selling cargo how do you do that how do you sell your cargo so cargo is a couple of different ways. Sometimes it's just bobbing in the ocean. I mean, that's how, <laughs> that's how pirates get cargo, apparently. Uh, and if you land directly on that space in the sea, you just pick it up. Uh, you can also get it from the duty spaces as well. And then there are settlements, which are on the some of the islands. When you visit a settlement, you can sell uh, either all of one type of good or one of each type of good that you've already collected. You cross them off and you'll get gold for the ones you've sold. Um, is it a fixed price or are you rolling to kind of set the, the pricing or...? No, it's a fixed price. Basically, the first of each good that you sell will be three gold. The second of, of the type is four, and then the the third and last is five. So got it. So nice. and then so and and same thing with sailors. If you're picking sailor, are these like sailors? Yeah, if like you pick up sailors, like then you just of... yeah, you just get another sailor. You you draw a you know a box around a sort of a dotted thing to show you've got one more sailor to use. Uh, and then there's ways in which you can make a, a heroic sailor. Uh, so that you these are relics that you pick up from the the sea and and you basically circle a sailor you already have and and now instead of using a sailor to just be plus or minus one a heroic sailor could be use a die as a wild basically as a wild okay and then are you for when you're picking things up are you just traveling or you have to stop on those you have to stop on them you have to stop on them okay that's yeah. cool and then with the dread uh so this ominous 
being because yeah. uh, yes. again we're gonna let people interpret what it is themselves maybe it's a kraken if you're uh, if you're like a uh, pirate themed like i am but whatever it is how do you how do you fight how do you defeat the uh the dread so you need to reach its space which is is a bit like an island you stop on it and you need at least two you need two heroic sailors that you need to effectively sacrifice uh in, in battle uh that and that's you'll cross them off and that's defeating the dread and then you get uh, 14 gold, which is a lot of gold, and uh, an eligibility star if you defeat the dread. So. so you have two members that are going on a one-way mission. <laughs> yeah, effectively, effectively, yeah. You just kind of keep them around. But of course, it's quite tricky because you might have those those heroic sailors, but depending on how the dice go, you might need to use them to even get to the dread because if the winds aren't in your favor, if you if you keep getting die values that want you to go in a different direction, then you've got to kind of... You've got to kind of deal with what you what you roll effectively. That's awesome. Now, and part of um, the challenge that, and I've talked to other people that have sold digital assets alone on on Kickstarter. Have you guys put any thoughts around how you control the IP, the intellectual property here? I mean, as soon as somebody has an electronic file, it's it's very difficult to stop them from, you know, passing it along and so forth. Have, have you put any thoughts around that, or or how do you guys approach that? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> again the campaign was has been far more for successful than we thought so i think when we were thinking of the thing and we we're like oh maybe 200 300 backers we're like oh that's great and and at some point you sort of like well i'm not really worried if it gets pirated i mean that's probably sharing it more than 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 it was ever going to be mm -hmm. uh i think one thing with our model about offering additional content for free means that even if you somehow get the first map well you, we don't have your email address. We're not going to be sending you automatically yeah. the new maps or new content. So there is a little bit of a sense of, of you know, being subscribed for something versus just getting something on the, on the internet. But I mean, ultimately, yeah, we can't control how things things are going to go. Yeah. Um, and we, ho I think the other thing was that by pricing it at the price it is, it is um, there are going to be people who, who, if they want to pirate, they're going to pirate. We can't stop it. But yeah. we're trying to make it at least as accessible that if you do want to pay for it it's it's not going to be too too much of a thing and and again it's not as long as the piracy isn't such an issue that it really starts eating into the to the you know the sales but what we found at least the kickstarter backers and the kind of community that grows up is that and that's a great thing sometimes about kickstarter is that you do get people who just really want to support the creators so yeah. You know, as long as you've got that that community that's that kind of base of sales, then I think you know we're going to be. It's okay. a pretty good honor system, I think, in the uh, in the board game industry. I think most, if not all, people are are, are fairly are fairly decent. I, I've come across. I haven't really come across any, but like you see trolls and so forth in some of the boards. But in terms of people who are backing you on your campaign, um, my experience has been quite positive. Like I, I I don't I can't really think of any instances where. There was someone saying, you know, taking my files and going off and sharing. Like usually, what they're doing is they're either a homebrewing them and saying, "Hey, send me back pictures." Say, "Hey, I, I printed them off, but I did this, this, and this because I want. I just I, I had this idea that I wanted, and that's great. Go ahead, you know, take take my files and, and modify them and create your home base uh, version and homebrew it all you want. I think that's that's awesome. I get excited by that. Um, have you had anybody reach out to you yet to say um, that they're intending once this fulfills to turn this into like almost instead of a roll and write a roll and play like actually create like a? It's like, funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Someone someone has said they're gonna. I think they want to 3D print a map like the map basically, which I think is completely crazy. But uh, we've seen some people on the Discord already have made like kind of scrolls, so they yeah. like have an A4 and then put a scroll in, and then uh, yeah, I mean. And, and 
that's on the physical side. There's already a lot of people who there's somebody who's I think has already made a, a random map generator just using some of like some basic assets to like randomly generate maps and that's uh, cool. you know it's just so much creativity. But it's I, I love it. I mean I think that's you know we're not I, I think like the 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 money that we've raised is great. But actually for me I think the thing I'm much more proud of is just the number of backers we've reached. I mean, I think that kind of bringing those pe people together. And actually, we've had a lot of people pledging who have like, this is my first Kickstarter, or I haven't, or I've never heard of print and play, or I wow. haven't done many board games. You know, it's really, I wouldn't say it's completely crossing over, but it's it's definitely attracting maybe folks who wouldn't have backed these kind of projects before for, for whatever reason, which is really nice because you're, you're sharing something new with people. So. Yeah, well, that's so awesome. How have you kind of built and nurtured this community? Has this been uh, an integral part of uh, your success, would you say, or how you guys got there? I mean, I think we are not marketers and we knew going in that we weren't very good at self-promotion necessarily, or at least in the traditional sense. You know, we weren't very you know, a lot of companies are very good about, you know, setting our preview copy, just getting videos done and, 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 you know, appearing on podcasts and interviews. I mean, we did, you know, this, this has happened because you reached, reached out to us, which is very kind of you, but you know, we, mm -hmm. we've, we knew that I'm, I'm fortunate I've been around in the industry enough that I, you know, I have a bit of a Twitter following. I can, you know, so there's a little bit of, and I know some people who were very kind to share the project very early on and they, they have quite a bit of reach. Um, but again, it's really been on the goodwill of, of folk who have, who've really taken upon themselves to kind of share the project. I wouldn't say that we had a great marketing plan that, you know, meant that, you know, we were going to have this preview that day and this video here and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I think it's been relatively kind of organic uh, growth. I think the only thing is we just wanted to make sure that the page was approachable, even for folks who weren't, who had no idea what print player was. I think yeah. there's a, there, you know, there could be a bit of a trepidation about like, oh, I'm not getting a physical game. What does that mean? Like, how can I, what can I do? And, and as you said, like, it's sort of interesting how we showed, showed here are some different ways you can do it. You can, you can laminate or you can play on these online apps. And again, it was trying to sort of just lower that barrier for anybody who came across the page and saying like, look, this is, this is something you can do. You can, you can play this game uh, and we'll, we'll help you do that. And it's meant that and now the thing is, of course, the community is helping each other. You know, they people yeah. have some some ideas. I'll share them, and 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 that's really great. And I think the other thing, maybe, uh, you know, again, it's not particularly new having a Discord channel, but I think we see this living not on Kickstarter. You know, Kickstarter is great, but we want that to continue beyond Kickstarter. And also, if we want this model to be able to keep going in the future and possibly release more games or, or things like that, then actually you want that to be happening all the time and, and discord again because it's a virtual game it's perfect you know maybe we'll be able to people will be able to organize to play games via discord because you can just put your your copy on and hop on zoom and and play or something like that and it's, it's quite easy for that so i think making sure that we had that digital community or digital kind of hub i guess um to facilitate that was quite important that's a good point like this is something that i think is simple enough that yeah you could play across you know, different, uh, you know, people can be in different places and be playing the same game and someone just rolling the dice and saying, here's what the, the three roles were. Um, is there any plans to turn this into an app at all or any kind of like automated? Yeah, it's an play? interesting point. It's something we've definitely thought about. I think um, so either a dedicated app or, or like a browser version, I think it would suit very well. And again, it kind of fit with our sort of no manufacturing kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, that that's something we, we definitely will look at in the future. And, and actually, again, the success will allow us to possibly do that because I think 
you know, we wouldn't have necessarily wanted to put with, with I, my, my motto with everything is I, I like to do it as cheap and easy as possible when I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, when I started streaming, for example, uh, I didn't buy a webcam. I didn't have a microphone. I just got the free version of StreamYard and just started going basically. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was the same with this, like, how can we make sure we minimize, you know, any costs, upfront costs uh, as much as possible, uh, just use our time and, and go from there. And, and, We've been very fortunate. We've been very thankful to everybody, um, and that's now allowing us to do these other things. Are you using any kind of pledge manager or anything on the back end, or are you guys no, just going to use a Kickstarter one? No, yeah, because we don't. We don't. I mean, managing the pledge. There's only one pledge. Uh, you're going to get access to everything, and uh, we'll have a digital file storage basically that we'll just give you access to. And that's just via email, so we don't have to. We don't have to have all this, you know, infrastructure in place. We could just use the the Kickstarter. What Kickstarter has. I mean, they you have access to the emails through through Kickstarter, so you yeah. can send an email to folk backers. And that's it. So, what's next on the horizon for Postmark? Do you have another game you guys are working on already, or is it just this has kind of caught you off guard and you're just uh, still letting kind of the dust settle, or what? Like, where are you guys at? Well, we're definitely going to keep supporting Voyages with new content. That's the that's the kind of medium, uh, sort of the short term thing over the next few months. Uh, we definitely we're working on new maps and, and things like that. It did catch us a little bit off. We we had other a few other games in, in mind and. Uh, that we uh, not quite finished, but but you know we think could could be there. I think this the campaign has helped us crystallize what is important and yeah. what, and actually even just in terms of the type of game and and what people connect to. So I think we're going to take that into account um, when we're thinking. But again, we're we're not about to quit our day job and make this sort of one hundred percent of our time. So we're kind of in a fortunate place that we can take our time until we decide to do another campaign. I I hope we will. I think we will, but. You know whether that's you know in a year or six months or or whatever yeah. um, you know i think we're we're just you know we just want to i guess enjoy enjoy what we've we've got now and also make sure that we don't i guess kind of lose the it's not it is trust from the backers i mean maybe it's a lower level of trust than most kickstarters because you know it's a little bit easier to yeah. to fulfill but you know i think we've obviously connected with something with what people want and i think it's just understanding that more and making sure that we we you know hone in on that and and you know i think that's the other thing like a lot of uh sub publishers reach out to us you know do you want to make physical copies of this game we're like oh it sounds great and i think more and more we're just like no we know what our kind of thing is and we're going to stick to that you know and yeah uh, there's obviously a, a demand for that so not oh, very cool yeah so, we'll so if somebody wants to follow along and be part of this journey with you guys how best do they do that in the show notes i'm going to put a link to the uh the kickstarter campaign um, as I said, you know, off years before we went on air, uh, this is a campaign I'm going to back. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. It is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, certainly, I think people should check it out. Uh, it's like four four dollars or four pounds is 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 not a lot uh, as a pledge level. And it seems like not only are you getting this game, but you're getting ongoing iterations of this game, which is pretty cool as part of that subscription model. It's not even a subscription model. You're not you're only paying once, and then that's it. Exactly. Um, how how do people fall along? How do they kind of follow this journey? Yeah, so uh, head over to the Kickstarter. Um, if you're able to pledge, that's great. But we also have a, a Discord. There is a link uh, in an update, uh, which you can follow. You don't have to be a backer to join the Discord. All right. uh, so so that's that's the main hub. We're also on uh, Twitter. We're at Postmark Games. Uh, I'm going to have to check very quickly if that's underscore. <laughs> uh, it's at, at Postmark underscore games. Uh, so that's also perfect. another place where we're we're um, mostly on in terms of social media. So that's the other place you can find us. Um, I'm at Wise Goldfish, and Rory is at Wookie Bait, or one word. Uh, so that's also another place you can get in contact with us. So I love yeah, we both. 
I, I don't know where we that was completely unplanned as well but i think they're one of those historical things that you're sort of stuck with by now so yeah, yeah. well matthew i want to wish you all the best in this campaign you guys got three days left to go there's always the hockey stick in the last 72 hours so it i i am I think you guys are going to be very pleased, uh, even more so than you already are, of where this ends Well, we already up. are, right? I, I yeah. think everything after this is gravy, you know, so yeah. we're, well, we're already in the gravy point. I think we're way past the... Yes. Awesome. But, well, we'll uh, see yeah, where we land. All right, sir, you have a good one. Thanks again. You thank take you care. very much. Cheers. Thanks, James. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.